All right. I hope you hadn't heard them all because I'm going to have to preach one now. I'm wondering if he's already heard it. But if it has, he probably needs it anyway, so we'll just, me and you both, get in it, all right? Let me say what a joy it is to be here with you and what a privilege it is to hear the choir and enjoy the fellowship that you have in western North Carolina. I appreciate the Lord Jesus and I appreciate his faithfulness in your life and in this meeting and in my life. I was born at Bryson City in 1946, so I am a hillbilly and, any, and will slap anybody that don't like it. I just enjoy living and being around our people up here in this part of the country. And if I ever get to retire, which probably never will happen, but if I ever get to, this is where I'm going to build my nest right here and live it out. But I am thankful for the invitation of your pastor to be here tonight. Over underneath the uh, pavilion over there, there's a tape table set up, and there's some music over there that helps us help these boys. Everything we're doing is in church planning and pastoral ministry. We're trying to raise up men that God calls, and we're trying to mentor those boys the best we can to uh, illustrate God's word and God's goodness to them. There's a tape over there entitled, There is Power. It's our choir singing. We just did this one. There's several out there, but we just finished this one uh, this year. And you'd be, we'd be glad to meet you over there and say hello to you. And any of you boys that uh, are thinking about school or praying about school or want to look into one, uh, I promise you we got a place where we can give you what God wants you to have and stir your heart toward God's will for your life. Take your Bible, if you will, please, tonight and turn with me to the book of 1 Peter. There is also a card over there uh, that uh, has your name on the bottom of it. Uh, we, we're, and, and it expresses how we feel. We're thrilled to be here and thrilled to be a part. I hope you'll go by, and I see some gray-haired ladies in here, and I appreciate women who are older that have prayed for me and asked God to help me through the years. I've always had somebody who kept me at the throne of God. And you fellas, there's a card down there with the church's name on it. We're just extending our appreciation to you. Take that and pray. We have started 55 and we are working on number 56 right now. Churches out of that Bible school. Fellows we've taught, put them out there for a year and supported them and helped them and encouraged them all we could to be church planners. So I hope that you'll keep praying for us in that effort. Look at your Bible. In the book of 1 Peter chapter number 2. If you'll listen quickly, I promise you, I'll be quick, all right? Look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. It says, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God, and I want you to underline this in your mind, and precious. Say that out loud with me. And precious. Look at verse 6. It says, Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a cornerstone, a chief cornerstone, elect, comma, precious, 
and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. What does the word say in verse four? But precious is the, fa- is the father of our Lord Jesus, and that makes him precious. Precious is the foundation of our Lord Jesus. It says he's the chief cornerstone, and precious are the people, are the, the followers of the Lord Jesus. Verse seven, it says this, unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. To you that believe, that live in accordance with. Believe means to do what you say and live in accordance with what you are and what you testify to be. So the word of God says to you that believe, he is precious. I know he's precious to you. I know he's precious to some other people in this community. But I need to know that Jesus is precious to me. One of the greatest problems we have in churches where I go and where I'm found week and week in and week out, I'm finding people who are looking at other people and saying we go to church together and we know the Lord But down deep, they don't know him personally and as a savior for themselves personally. Is he precious to you? If he is, why? Why is he precious to you? Well, there's a lot of reasons that he's precious to me, somebody says. Well, think about him and think about the reason that God's preciousness is precious to you. I was studying God's word and asked him to give me something that could help me personally uh, to, to identify why is he precious to me. I came up with three thoughts real quickly. Just write these down somewhere and we'll be gone home. Number one, he is precious to me because of the distance he came. Now I want you to think about how far He came to get you. I want you to, I don't know how far it is to heaven. Not the first one, not the second one, not the third one. I do not know how far it is from here to heaven. I cannot tell you. I would be skeptical of anybody that tried to tell me. I don't know, but I know this. He came all the way from glory to my life and to my heart to find me and to save me so good that I ain't got over it yet. That's been 47 years ago. They keep telling me it's going to get old. They keep telling me I'm going to get over it. They keep telling me it won't last forever. They keep talking and talking and talking and talking. And I'm just continuing to walk and walk and walk and enjoy God while people sit around and excuse themselves why they're not going to jump in with me. Why don't y'all just go to church with me tonight? Amen. I'm glad the distance he came He came and hunted you down. You say, I found Jesus. You wasn't even looking for him. 
Anybody, anybody that tells you I found them in 1983 or four, I know what you're saying, but it just ain't so. His convicting power found you where you were, saved you where you were, and filled you where you were simply because he is the one that initiated the whole response. <laughs> I have pastored some weird folks. I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell the truth. I, I have pastored some weird people. Now, I've been where I am now. Christmas will be 40 years. I have pastored for 40 years some strange dudes. I mean, I just have. One of them I'll tell you about, only one. I could stay here till next week and make you so bored it's pitiful telling you about some of the strangeness I've pastored. But I pastored one woman that came to me and asked me to pray for her. I said, what do you want me to pray? And that happens all the time to a preacher. I said, I'd be glad to. What is it? She said, I have met a man on the computer. I said, couldn't you find one in person? They're everywhere. They're like the leaves on the trees. They're everywhere. God created a bunch of them. She said, just pray. I said, I'll pray for you. Well, what happened? Her work had hooked her up with a man in England. He talked funny. He sounded funny. He was funny. He just was. Strange. strange. He, he and her for three years never seen each other except the picture. And they communicated over the internet until one Saturday morning he showed up. Got a Concorde flight from London, flew to New York at LaGuardia Airport, and then flew to Atlanta and came to Augusta on one of those little planes that hauls four or five people. A crop duster. One you can get killed in when it's sitting still. And he showed up at her door and knocked on the door. Well, she had just gotten up. It's about something till nine. She came to the door and pulled the curtain back. His testimony to me was later, she looked like Phyllis Diller. Her hair was going north, east, south. And before he, when he got done describing that woman, I mean, it, it, it was ugly. Not ugly, it went past ugly to ugly. And, 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 and she, she didn't know what to do. She, she cracked the door. She said, can I help you? He said, my name, is, his name was John. And she said, she said, can I help you? He said, it's John. She slammed the door to and got up against it and said, oh my God, he's come to see me. She runs to the phone and calls me. I don't have a dog in this race. Why does the pastor always get the phone call when everybody's gone nuts? 
Brother Brown, you've got to come over here. I said, Brenda, I can't come over to your house this early in the morning. What's up? Ain't no way. She said, you've got to come. He's here. He's on the porch. God, I didn't know if it was a squirrel, if it was a dog, if it was a cat or whatever. She said, he's here. I said, who? She said, that man from England. I said, deal with him. She said, bring Diane and come. I got Diane up. We got in the car. We went over there. And I had to bring him home with me. He stayed with me all weekend. I don't run a motel. I just barely got enough Rice Krispies for us. Now I got John. And, 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 and so... I, I, I got him and messed with him Saturday and they came over and we ate together and la la. Well, Sunday morning, Sunday morning, su- Sunday morning, I take him to church. He's with me. She's standing in the parking lot, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, this woman is smitten. That's flatland, not mountaintop, but flatland for hooked. Uh, you still ain't getting it, but you understand where I'm at. I've been gone a long time from up here. And, 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 and when, I, when we stopped, he jumped out of the car and she ran to him. I said, oh, God, help us. The people are watching. She, she runs out and, and runs to him and hugs him. And he hugs her. They've been dating three years on that box and I didn't even know it. And I walk over there to him. I say, get off each other. Get in that building. So he, he goes with my wife and kids. And I never will forget this. Brenda Sutcliffe said this to me. She said, preacher, ain't he beautiful? I said, yes, Brenda, let's go. God helps. Had him all weekend. He's getting uglier by the moment. She said, Have you ever had anybody come that far to see you? I said, just one. He left the splendor of heaven knowing his destiny was the lonely hill of Golgotha there to lay down his life for me. If that isn't love, I don't know what is. I'm glad tonight I can wave my Ebenezer and say, praise God, he's precious to me because he left the the portals of glory, came to an ungodly world like this and saved my soul. If anybody in here knows what I'm talking about, holler, amen. I have another reason. Number one, the distance he came. How about, how about this one? The devotion he commands. He's precious to me for the power he has. For the devotion he commands. There's not in this town a George Washington uh, society, I promise you. There's not an Abraham Lincoln society. There's not. 
Uh, you're, not, you're not going to find a Beethoven society. You may find some red hat women over at Cracker Barrel, but that's about as far as you're going to get. But you're not going to find an Elvis. Do y'all remember him? You, you, y'all forget it right, right here. But you folks, you're not going to find an Elvis entertainment society. You're not going to find it. But I want you to look around at how many people have given the Lord Jesus their heart and soul and he commands in his own self, he commands, controls, and has authority over our lives. Think of the, think of the story when the Bible teaches us that Levi or, what was his name? Help me. Matthew, all right? The Bible says Matthew was sitting at the seat of, of customs and he was receiving taxes. And the scripture said Jesus walked by him and said to him two words, follow me. He left a government job. He wasn't doing nothing before he came out of this. He, he, this man's getting one of them funny looking checks that a whole lot of folks is getting right now that ought to send them back. Mm. And, 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 and there he was and stood up and walked off. Walked away from his job and fell in with Jesus. Now I want to ask you a question. Who has the kind of power that'll make a man do that? Nobody but the Lord Jesus. The devotion he commands. Tonight on the mission field there are thousands of missionaries. Tonight there are thousands of preachers across this country. Tonight there are hundreds and thousands of Christians in this nation. When the rapture happens, praise God, I hope there ain't enough left to pay taxes. I hope and pray hallelujah to God that he snatches us out of here so quick we leave our clothes in a small pile. Amen. And go to meet him in the air. He commands devotion from every one of us and I want to encourage you as I move on. I want to encourage you in this last day hour I want to encourage you to keep your feet square on the ground. I want to encourage you to keep your nose in that book. I want to keep you, I want to pray that you'll keep your knees bent and your voice heavenward and ask God every time you can to help you through this generation and through this hour because he's still in full throttle control. Satan's not running it. The Antichrist is not fixing to run it. Obama's not running it. A Republican's not running it. God's still in control. And I'm glad tonight to be able to announce to you that I am slap dab happy about the fact that he owns me. Therefore, he controls the surroundings around me and he'll take care of me. Bless his holy name. Somebody holler amen right there. He controls us. 
He, he commands, the Bible teaches us, the, 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 the devotion that he commands, the distance that he came. Notice, those are two good reasons that he's precious to me. Is he precious to you? How about the third one? The death, the death that he controlled. I don't know anybody who told their heart to stop beating and it did. But him, he said it is finished. Looked down at his heart Hung out to dry. The Bible says he gave up the ghost. You say a, a centurion killed him. I beg your pardon. My sin and his love for me killed him. My iniquity bore there on that tree with him. And he and he alone is Savior and Lord and King. He, the, the Bible says that he said this, into thy hand I commend my spirit. That sounds to me like somebody who's got complete control over what the Roman soldiers thought they had control over and what the Jewish uh, uh, the Sanhedrin thought they had control over. The whole time God was running the show. Have you ever thought about you got somebody living in you who stopped his own life? And, and he told me the other night, if I stop mine, I can start yours. I can take care of you if you'll just let me. I remember that little boy that was leaving the funeral home with his daddy. And the little boy said, Pop, wouldn't you be good to know when you're going to die? He said, no. I don't want to know when I'm going to die. Well, wouldn't you like to know where you're going to be when you die? Wouldn't you like to know where? What time? When? He said, no, I don't want to know that. Why? He said, well, I tell you, I would because I wouldn't show up. I promise you this, we all go show up for that, but it's not under our control. I'm living every heartbeat, looking for it to stop any minute because I'm safe in the arms of God and I could care less about how long, I care less about where I'll be, I care less what I'll be doing, as long as I can say on that last heartbeat it beat for God, I'm glad to know tonight, praise God, we can give him our lives, and it means something for the glory of God. Now let me ask you a question, let me ask you something. Listen close. Let me ask you something precious. Is he precious to you? Because of how far he came to get you. He went in a dance hall and got me. Got me out of hell. And saved me so good. Ain't take but once. Not only the distance he came, but the devotion that he commands. He's in authority. He called me to preach. I didn't think I was worth throwing garbage. 
I didn't think I was worth nothing. He came along, made me somebody, and controlled my destiny. And he knows all about my life because he knows all about his own death. He can pay bills. He can keep you safe. And he's precious. Amen. Amen. Let's pray for each other. Father, we love you. We sure do. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace and power. I pray right now in Jesus' name, this congregation would have a hush fall over it. And this congregation would let it soak in their heart how precious Jesus really is. How wonderful Jesus really is in our life. He's been good under the tent. But out from under it, he'll be just as good. Under it, he's just as much God as he is out from under it and vice versa. And I want to thank you and praise you for a preacher and a church, a pastor and a people that believe what we've preached and we hadn't had to worry about whether or not they they agree because they believe. And to them that believe, to to them he is precious. And you're precious to us. How many folks will get out of your seat tonight? Come up here and kneel down and say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for being precious to me. Thank you, Lord, for being real to me. Thank you, Lord, for pouring yourself out for me. And thank you, Lord, for loving me. Come on, quickly. We'll have the preacher come and lead us in a word of prayer in just a moment. But while we come, let's ask God, in the power of the Holy Spirit to touch us. He's precious. I hope he's precious to you. I hope he's precious to all of us. Oh God, in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, thank you for a crowd that received the word with joy. Thank you for a crowd of people that loves God. Thank you for an old-fashioned Holy Ghost time around the word of God. I ask you in Jesus' name tonight through the power of the Spirit of the Lord, be precious to all of us. Teach us how to be precious to you. Teach us to be precious to one another. And teach us most of all to learn why Jesus Christ is precious to us. We'll bless you, we sure will. And we'll thank you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Just stand stand when you return to your seats. We need reminders, such as what was just preached to us tonight, how precious he is. I was thinking toward the end of the message how that sometimes we get it all backwards. We think it's our life that's precious. We... uh, We're to give our lives to him, his service. Our body's a living sacrifice. We get it in our mind that we are to be crown wearers down here rather than cross bearers. This is not the day and the age to wear crowns. This is a time when we bear our crosses. It troubles me that it seems that so few are bearing crosses in this lifetime. But one day there'll be a day to wear a crown. Cast it at his feet, the one who's precious to us. Amen. Marthy, y'all got one.
Amen. He's my all and all. He's my all and all. Every time I get in trouble, on Him I call. He's my bread when I'm hungry. He's my shelter from the storm. He's my rock in a weary land. And this world can do no harm. And when I'm way down in the valley, the Savior takes me by the hand. He leads me up to the top of the mountain and lets me view the promised land. He's my all and all. He's my all and all. Every time I get in trouble, If the Lord has blessed you this week and filled your cup up and let it run over, let me hear you say amen. 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 I tell you, everywhere we've been today, phone calls, text messages all week long, people have been talking about what God's done in their heart and just how he has 
Uh, bless hearing from strangers, people we don't even know, people who's not even been to the meeting are bragging about what God's done this week here at this meeting just because what they've heard. And uh, that's good. It glorifies our Savior, Jesus Christ. If it were not for Him, uh, none of this would have happened. None of it would have been possible. Amen. Well, we sure love you, church.